What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Severe MMA Podcast. And it's a very special edition uh, of the podcast today as I am joined by Adam Rohrbach from the Kansas Athletic Commission, uh, who have been the leaders in open scoring over the last couple of years. We've seen it with Invicta and everywhere else. And Adam actually reached out to me after a podcast we spoke about recently. uh, And I'm delighted to have him on today. Adam, how are you today? I am great. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. No, I, I, I can't complain. It's getting cold here in Ireland, but I, I'm, I'm sure it's nicer over, <laughs> over, over your way. Um, come here, let's, let's... I won't complain about Kansas. Then, so. <laughs> no, we'll, no. we'll have a deal there. Okay. Let, let's get straight into here. And the first the first question I want to ask you, I, I know you, you've heard my thoughts on open scoring for, but I'm going to leave them aside for a second because I think that's very important, having spoken to judges and, and uh, other commission uh, people over the last while. Can you just explain to me the process from maybe an hour before the, the first bell to the first bell to the last bell of how open scoring works? Well, it, you know, we, we use Google Documents, which is good for us because, you know, really all we need is Internet access, uh, a computer and a few tablets. And, you know, prior to the event, I build the, you know, the document, which mainly, you know, comprises of just going to a previous bout, you know, clearing everything out you know, building it in with the new names and then making sure our formulas are still correct. And I double and triple check everything. And my inspectors laugh and cringe whenever they see me because I'm going to have them run more tests. But when we get to the event, you know, we turn our hotspot on, we test, we test, we test. So we know when it's time to go live that we know we are ready to go Uh, at weigh-ins or at some point before the bout, we explain to the fighters and their coaches exactly what's going on, where we're going to be, where we will be positioned, how we will hold it. Uh, and so they will know what's coming. I mean, everyone that fights here at this point has heard of it, even if they haven't fought with us before. So they know, they know what to expect and they've seen it. And so, you know, once the fights start, you know, we collect the scorecards, we type in the scores on the computer, it populates to the pads, the pad holders, you know, go to their respective corners, hold up the pad for the coach to see, you know, they, they meet and then, you know, they can always tell when the coach looks away, they head back. Uh, we also inform the coaches. If you have a question, if you want to see it in depth, you can look at it a little longer, but no one needs to do that. They're generally pretty smart and can pick that up pretty quick what we're doing. So, uh, so that's pretty much the process. We've got it down. The first couple took a while, but we're, we're a well-oiled machine now. And so we're, we're pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Just one thing on the process, the person holding the pad near the coach, do they actually come into the cage with the coach as they're giving their cornering advice or is it done before that just as the round ends or what way does it work? Uh, when the round ends, we, you know, I sit right, whoever is doing the computer sits right by one of the judges. And so we just grab that scorecard from them. As the other scorecards are coming over, the pad, uh, whoever's holding the pad gets in position outside of the cage. We do not we had a lot of discussion about the best way to do this. Some people think we thought about it on Thursday and just did it on Friday. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we had a long discussion about this and talked to a lot of coaches and a lot of fighters about what the best way to present it was. And one thing that I wanted, and obviously Shannon Knapp with Invicta was big in this too, is we didn't want it to, we didn't want it to become a three ring circus in the cage. We didn't yeah. want extra people in the cage. We didn't want to take away from what the in cage inspector was doing, who was supposed to be watching the fighter and making sure that we don't have an issue like we had where the, you know, the, the coach is talking the fighter into continuing. And we don't want, you know, the, the inspector to be holding up a pad in front of a coach's face instead of doing their job. Mm-hmm. So that's where we came up with, Hey, let's have somebody on the outside of the cage, just hold it so the coach can see it. 
That way we're not taking away from the fighter who's getting worked on and recovering, and then the coach can give the information to the fighter. So is does that cut down, though, the time that the coach has with the fighter in between rounds? Like, so, so if the coach has to wait, obviously it takes time for the judge to hand up his score for it to, to, to go through on the system and then for it to get to the pad and then for the the actual coach to see it. Like, by that, how long does that take? You know, there, there's 60 seconds between rounds. Does the coach have enough time to do that and then get into the cage and, and give uh, his or her analysis? Well, we, we are always going for speed, but we're not going to sacrifice quality for that. And mm-hmm. for a while, we were having the coaches, you know, the judges enter their scores on their phones, which made it about 10 seconds quicker. We had a couple issues with that, a couple hiccups, so we quit doing that. And so right now, we're at about 30 to 35 seconds after the round ends until it's populated onto the pad. Mm-hmm. So the coach has about 30 seconds to look and see the score, tell the fighter, Hey, we're tied. We're up one. We're down one. Here's the adjustments we need to make. We can't, I can't come up with a way to get it any quicker than that without sacrificing the integrity of the fight and the scores. Cause what we don't, the last thing we want is to have this great system. And then, Hey, somebody screwed up on their phone, mess up one of the formulas. And then at that point we've entered the fight in a physical way. And we don't ever want to do that. We want this to be an enhancement to the fight. And so right now we're still on the paper scorecards. I mean, five years from now, you know, uh, maybe we can, we can iron that out. You know, maybe a year from now we've ironed that out and our whole, our whole crew has pads, but we're kind of on a shoestring budget here in Kansas. And so I can't, I can't go to my bosses and say, I need six, I need six uh, Google Chromebooks for this. And so, you know, right now that's what we're doing. I think in the future we'll, we will go all digital on the scoring, but, Right now, we want to make sure we're getting this right. So just one more question on, on that. Like, speaking to the coaches that have been coached in the corners, have is that something that they have had an issue with? Obviously, cutting down the time from 60 seconds to 25 seconds. That has to be an issue for some of the coaches at the moment, is it? Uh, you know, we we I try to circle back. I mean, in this day and age, we don't get a lot of time in the back with the coaches and fighters because normally after the fights, they're back at the hotel with COVID. So we've circled back with the, the some that we can, and we haven't heard we I have not heard that be a negative. You know, and I always ask them, like I told you earlier, I want all the criticisms. We're here to make it better, and you know, I have not heard that as a criticism. But I will ask, you know, hey, is this enough time? You know, the problem is we're stuck with 60 seconds between rounds. I don't know a way to get the scores to them any quicker. So, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a way to do that, I certainly would, would, would welcome to hear that. And if we can pull it off, I would definitely do that. Mm-hmm. But well, I have not heard them say, Hey, this, you know, that's not enough time. So, but I'll, I'll start asking them though. Cause again, we, we want to know how we can do it better. Cause this is for the fighters. Mm-hmm. 100%. So another question on the, the process. And I think it's, it's kind of a big question is, you, you explained it well there. Like we, I was watching Invicta last week, and you could see it up on the screen so the people at home can see what the score is uh, after the round. Uh, the coaches, obviously, as you just explained there, can see it. But what about the crowd? Obviously, at the moment, there, there are no crowds, so it's, it's not an issue. But in the future, or maybe not just in Kansas, but if you see this going further afield, and, uh, and we'll talk maybe about big fights in a while, but... Do you do you want open scoring to be something, or do you think open scoring should be something as as the process? Maybe more of uh, we we leave opinions and stuff until later on. But the process itself, do you think the people should it be flashed up on the big screen in the arena? Should the people in the crowd be able to hear it as well as the people at home, as well as the corners? Uh, my opinion would be yes, because we live in an information age, and it's going to get tweeted out, and so the person in the crowd is going to know. Within the 30 seconds after the round starts, hey, that was the score. Can't really run away from information in 2020. And so, I, in my opinion, yes, it should be flashed up. Uh, 
but that's a promotional decision. Uh, I think a lot of commissions miss see their their role in these fights. Now, these aren't my fights. You know, we have LFA 96 tomorrow night. It's not, those aren't my fights. Those are LFA's fights. I'm just here to make sure they're fair and that they're properly matched and that we provide an atmosphere for the fighters in an arena for the fighters to showcase their abilities in a fair way. Mm-hmm. What LFA chooses to do with their information is up to LFA. If they don't want to tweet out the scores, if they don't want to put them on TV, that's not my decision to make. That's LFA. All we're doing is giving them the option to use open scoring, and outside of that, they can do with it what they will. Whether they put it on the screen or not, whether they put it on the scoreboard or not, that's up to them. You know, Do they want to announce it over the PA? I don't like that idea, but if they wanted to do it, we certainly wouldn't stop them. All we would ask is that you have to do it in, in, inside the minute of the round break. We don't want but we don't want scores being announced over a loudspeaker while the fight's going on because then a fighter could listen and get knocked out. We don't want that. So we would put some limitations on it, but again, it's their information. However, they want their fights to be seen and taken in by the fans. That's that's their decision to make. Mm-hmm. So o- overall, kind of as the process itself, the process you want basically at at the uh, at the base of it is just for the fighters and the coaches to know. You you, you it's. You don't care about the fans or the people at home. Obviously, when I say don't care, it's like it's not your first uh, issue. It's just the, the fighters in the corners. It's that is not my issue. My issue is for the fighters to know okay. the score. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, we all love MMA and we love boxing. We love combat sports, but we're not having this conversation if it's not for the fighters. They're the ones out there, literally putting their lives on the line, their careers on the line. Let's get them the scores of the fight so they can better. Just one more tool in the toolbox for them to maybe have a career-changing thing. And man, if it's a if it's a title fight and it's tied up, you know, on both on all three scorecards going into the last round, how cool would it be if the crowd knew that? Would that raise the excitement level? You know, maybe it would. And you know, that's again a, a promotional decision to make. But I can't imagine a promotion if they're using this wouldn't put it up on the screen or on the scoreboard. But again, that I'm not a promoter. I don't ever want to be. So mm-hmm. that's their that's their decision to make. But yeah, my first mm-hmm. my I, my first thing in all this is always for the fighters. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the the next question I want to ask you, maybe getting off the the process of it, is okay. So we we've had scoring in MMA the way it's been for for the last while. We're obviously not open scoring. We find out the score at the end. So to change, and I've, I've spoken to. Uh, you know, I've spoken a lot about judging, especially over the last while, and people have, people always have great opinions on judging and what we should change it. And the question I always ask <laughs> is, what's the benefit of that change? So that's the question I want to ask you. What's the benefit of open scoring? In my opinion, the benefit is that the fighters know the scores and they have more control over their careers and the and their personal fights. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of that, any benefits it brings outside of that publicity, fan interaction, that is all, that's all bonus. In my opinion, the fighters just deserve to know the score of the fight. And, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of arguments for and against, I I like the passion that people have. I I loved your comments and I, you know, it's not, it's not like I disagree with some, with some of the people, but I've just not heard an argument yet that can convince me that the fighters shouldn't know the score of the fight. You know, what other sport, do we not know the score at any point in the game? Mm-hmm. The issue with that, this I think, is the though, only is one. this is the only sport, and obviously boxing as well, 
where if you yeah. know if you're watching American football and it's a touchdown, you know it's a touchdown. If you're watching a fighting and you come to the end of the round, is it a touchdown to fighter A? Is it a touchdown to fighter B? <laughs> is it is it a ten eight touchdown? Is it a ten eight touchdown? That's a big difference. And I think the the, the broader point that that is, and maybe the question I want to ask you next is, what? And this is a, I think a question for all of MMA and every commissioner. What what steps? Uh, are you taking and other people taking to educate not only the fans but the fighters in the corners themselves I, I, I uh, interview fighters all the time and I ask them all the time have you read the criteria and almost universally none of them have read it I, I've seen comments from coaches from people all over fans and no one has an idea what the criteria is and I think that's the base point no matter what our, our, uh, open scoring we have no matter what scoring we have if people don't understand the criteria there's always going to be uproar and you, like is I suppose hit on that point first if you think what, what education do you think needs to be done for fighters and the fans well I, it's, a, it's a great question for you to ask me right now because we, we have implemented a few things I'm sure you don't read over my Twitter every night when we, we have fights but we've started the last couple fights that we've had with Elephane and Victor mm -hmm. of taking one controversial round or one controversial fight and giving fans an insight as to what the judges were thinking you might not agree with them and that's a whole other conversation mm -hmm. but we're at least going to tell you what they were thinking I don't always agree with them they don't always agree with each other mm -hmm. which is fine you know, they're, they're, they're high, you know, they're educated judges. They've all worked the UFC, you know, Bellator, Invicta, LFA. They've worked all this. And whether you agree with them or not, that's here nor there, but we're at least going to tell you what they're thinking. And so that way you kind of have that. We're also, and I don't know if you saw this, you know, if you're available tomorrow night or Friday night, we're allowing media members to shadow judge. Mm -hmm. So after the round, you can input your judges into a Google in scores into a Google document. Throughout the night, I'll be typing in notes what I'm hearing from judges on certain rounds, and then you can take part in our postmortem. Mm -hmm. I think this sport and boxing as well, maybe boxing even more so, but that's a whole other podcast, needs more transparency. We need to we need to pull back the curtain, as it were, to let fans know this is what judges were thinking. You might not agree with what they're saying, but we're at least going to tell you what they're thinking. Because mm -hmm. I know what they're thinking, and the judges know what they're thinking. You know, the other thing that we are planning on, and we haven't finalized yet, but we, the Kansas Athletic Commission is going to host, not a training, but a national, international conversation, if you will, about judging mm -hmm. and the criteria. And we're going to get the biggest hitters in the game to come on two or three hours. We're going to make it free for everybody. We're going to post it on YouTube and everywhere else after so that you can hear from the best judges in the world, from you know the, who, the people who wrote the rules. Mm -hmm. This is what judging is supposed to be. Kind of taking from your tweets where, hey, the people should know this, but they don't know it. Mm -hmm. And perception's reality. And people don't know these criteria. Mm -hmm. So we're going to invite every fighter, every coach, every judge, every referee, every media member. Come take part in this. And when we're done, we're going to put it up there for free so you can see it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, we're, you know, State of Kansas is going to do our best to get that information out there. Because I agree with you. Mm -hmm. the, uh, as a whole, we have done a poor job of educating the public. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love it. I love to hear that. That's that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's music to my ears because I really think like I'm, I'm sure I don't know if you saw the tweet I put up before or not but I think a, a full uh, understanding of the criteria makes open scoring null and void I don't think there's any need for it if people understand the criteria because uh, and it's at home especially now the, I suppose the the uh, 
the argument for the fighters and things is a little bit different but as you say it's going to percolate through no matter what happens because of uh, the information age that we're in but like I I started getting into the criteria and stuff a couple of years ago I spoke to you know I'm sure you know Ben Cartledge on the podcast a couple of times and I have it kind of have have had it explained to me and read it myself and you can understand always I'm sure you know as well because you've done the same when you listen afterwards you can you understand the scores or okay there might be a couple of mad ones uh, every couple of months or something like that but I think uh, and the, what, your idea there I think is absolutely fantastic and I think if if that's something that can be done I think it'll make it uh, a, a lot better and I think it'll make scoring a lot better but I, I, one thing I want to ask you as well um I'm I'm very much on the side of the judges because I think they have a terribly tough job and I think they do a great job and they're not acknowledged for it. And it's always the bad decisions that are kind of brought up by you know by people like me and to me yeah. to me open scoring is just going to heap more pressure on judges because if you're a judge and you're sitting there your number one concern should be a concentration on the fight and if in between rounds you have a crowd booing you or if you have a coach roaring at you that you got the wrong score how is that not going to take away their concentration and make the scores actually worse. You know, it's funny you bring that up because that to me is the number one negative of this. And it's one of the few that I will actually listen to most of the time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not listening to whatever you're saying about competitive last rounds and things like that. But I think that is an issue. I think we look to other sports, you know, soccer, big soccer guy, mm-hmm. you know, VARs come in. You know, <laughs> each sport change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's a tool. You know that we can have a pot about that if you want. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, each sport has its tool. <laughs> the NFL. You know, they have instant replay. Mm-hmm. You know, their their judge their referees get booed all the time, and no one ever says, "Man, should we not have instant replay? Or should we not put their numbers on the back?" <laughs> I mean, I, I just look at it as we're not going to hold the sport as a whole back of something we think is a positive because a couple of judges can't handle getting booed. We're going to find judges that can handle it. You know, our judges, granted, they've only done it one time in front of a crowd because of the coronavirus, but they have taken the hits on Twitter. They've taken whatever and you move on. And that's just part of judging in Kansas. And, you know, we do have conversations with the coaches beforehand. You know, if you say anything to a judge at ringside, you're going to find out how great the TVs are in the back because we're not going to have it. You're just going to go to the back you know, we're, we're providing this benefit for you and your fighter. And then you're just going to, we're not going to take the benefit away from your fighter because you can't control yourself. You'll just ha- head onto the back and we'll send someone else out to corner your fighter or we'll help them out between rounds. And we haven't had a single issue with that. I think the community understands that this is a cool thing. We don't want to ruin it because somebody goes over the fence and a judge. Mm-hmm. So could it happen? It could happen. And I think you have to be prepared for that, but we don't want to throw out a whole system that can benefit. We feel can benefit the fighters so much because of a couple loose cannons that might get loose. As far as crowds booing and yelling at judges, we in no way ever say which judge has scored it which way. We just hold up the three scores. Mm-hmm. And all we allow the promotions, I mean, the promotion doesn't even know who the judges are. So they just know it's three scores. So you might be yelling at the guy who has scored it for your fighter. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. So we're, we try to take as many measures as we can to keep that private. But of course, afterwards, we're, we're tweeting out who scored what anyway. So, you know, I think in this information age, if you're going to judge in 2020 and moving forward, your name's going to be out there and people are going to know the scores you're giving. And you just got to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a, uh, just a, a question that you feel free not to answer this question if you want. But how much does <laughs> okay. how much does a judge get paid a, a night to uh, uh, judge in Kansas? 
I can tell you we have our commission minimums and for an all amateur show, it's $150. Okay. For a mixed show, it's $200. And for a all professional show, it's $250. Now some promotions do pay more than that, mm -hmm. but that is your standard. That's your standard rate. So it's not a whole lot of money. So do you like, do you think uh, based on that point that the best judges in the world will want to come to Kansas to judge for that amount of money if they're going to get a, a lot of abuse in front of crowds. Do you like do you, uh, judges already? And I like I asked that question because, and that's not a bad for you compared to other places in the world. I know I've spoken to judges, but yeah. if that why is it worth it for you? You know, you say if the judges don't like, we will get better judges. That's I don't think that's a <laughs> I don't think that's a, a good answer to that to be honest because we know there isn't that many great judges in the world, and we need to keep the good judges that we have and attract the right people with, with logic you know we need people with logic to do this and i feel like abuse like that for a very low price is going to drive away those people with logic that we need doing that job i'll have to re-listen and if i said if i said better judges i should have said different judges we'll find judges that are good mm -hmm. that will come for that you did say different. Yeah, i can tell you that Okay, I, and again, I might have misspoke too. I mean, I wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> so, you know, that was my intent was to say was to say different, not better. But I can tell you that if you know large large promotions come in, they do pay more than that. And so, you know, and I think if they were going to utilize the real time scoring, that we would communicate with those judges beforehand. And you know, there's a pool of fifteen twenty judges. You know, we have hosted the UFC. We brought in three, you know, national level judges in, you know, we weren't using real time scoring then I have communicated with them since then. And they, you know, they all like it and they haven't used it, but they all have no issue with it. And I think if we were to host another UFC and if they were to utilize it, I feel I could call on those same guys and they would come back. Mm -hmm. If they didn't, we would find another judge that was at their level. If we got a resounding, we are not coming. If you're using this, we would obviously not use it because the integrity of the fight is the first order. Mm -hmm. That is the first thing that we will think of. And so if we got a unilateral, Hey, we are not coming to Kansas from the top 20 guys in the world to host a UFC. We would have a conversation then about not using I'd have, because again, the UFC would have to determine that they want to use it because it's a promotion by promotion basis. And if they say, listen, we can't get judges to come. If we're using this, we're not going to use it. No issues from us whatsoever. Fights go on as normal. So, do you think that there's a difference between, say, doing it in... I was watching Victor the last night. It was a pretty small arena, obviously, with no fans there. Do you think there's a big difference, or is there any difference, between doing open scoring in that, and let's say, I know it's not in your state, but the MGM Grand in front of 24,000 people or whatever it might be? Yeah, there'll be a difference. <laughs> I mean, you can't say there won't be. <laughs> I mean, I could say there won't be, but I'd be wrong. <laughs> you know, it'll, I think it would be so, really cool to see it. Mm -hmm. You know, think of you know John. You know, think of John Jones down in, in Houston and Ray. You know, think. Imagine if the entire crowd, their sellout crowd of however many it was, knew that it was tied going into the last round. Mm -hmm. Both fighters thought they were ahead. You can look online and see it. Both fighters thought they were ahead. Mm -hmm. What if they had known it was tied? What if? Millions of people watching at home knew it was tied. How many great rounds have fans have those people in the MGM Grand like you talked about? How many great final rounds have we potentially been robbed of because we didn't know the score? Mm -hmm. You know, imagine you're sitting there with your friends, you know, sitting there and, hey, well, who's winning this fight? I, I don't know. I think this guy is. Wait, you don't know who's winning? Like, <laughs> and, you know, those fans at the MGM might be a little more tuned in if they knew the score. And, again, I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this. This is just a theory I have. You know, Invicta, you started using it. LFA is using it. We haven't had any issues. We may look back a year from now and say, you know what? 
this this might not have been the best thing, so we'll put it back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And if a, a promotion decides we don't want to use it, you get no pushback from us on that. That mm-hmm. it's, they're your fights. We're just trying to make them better. So yeah, I think it will be different when it happens at the MGM Grand or happens in Madison Square Garden. We head into that fifth round of that title fight, and it's tied on all the cards, and the crowd knows it, and the place is just going crazy. Mm-hmm. So you said that there in a very positive way, but a few minutes ago you said you don't want to listen to people. Uh, who say the opposite? You know, who say why will a person stall at the end of the round? Why don't you want to listen to that? I'm, I'm, I'm not making that argument. Why don't you want to listen to that argument? Yeah. Well, I meant not listening to it as a hey. I don't. You know, I, I get what you're saying, but we have the numbers. Uh, granted, small sample size. Mm-hmm. We have the numbers that ref, that refute that that's happening, and so you know it, we have the numbers there. That's a promotional decision. If a promotion wants to run the risk that they might have some third rounds that are a little that are more anticlimactic, that's, that's their risk to take. Mm-hmm. We have seen final rounds fought differently. We've heard things we've never heard. You know, I've been doing this for six years now. I've heard things in the past six months I've never heard at fights. Hey, be strategic. Hey, go to our game plan. You're ahead. You know, and all of a sudden, they take the other fighter down. They still end up winning the round. They just win it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I remember back to the first night we had it. It's clear as day at Invicta, and this fighter was up by two rounds going into the third. And the other fighter was just leaning against the cage on her. And the other, the fighter that was winning just let her do it mm-hmm. and just kept hitting her with elbows and punching her. And like, I'm in no danger here. So why not just let her, you know, try to do what she's doing. I don't need to win the round. I'm just going to sit here and let, let her lean against the cage. I'm just going to hit blow after blow. And she won the round. And, you know, and I think that's, it's just a little more strategic as it is in all sports when you're ahead of behind. But do you not think, like, and I'm sure you know him better than me, but the first paragraph of the criteria, it states that MMA is an offensive sport. Do you not think, like, okay, and I, I tend to agree with you like that, there will be parts of it that will make it more offensive, and there will be parts, as you mentioned there, that will make it less offensive or make people stall. And we maybe get back to the overall benefit in a second. But do you not think that by changing the rules and by making bringing in open scoring, that you're going to make the sport less offensive in certain areas and at certain times and is that not going against exactly what we have as the sport like the sport i think has to become more offensive as it's written and as a sport itself over the years and do you not think like that could be a uh, like to me the the biggest issue that could happen from it or that could be a a negative effect on the sport Uh, actually the judging's a little bit bigger but what what do you think about that point like as opposed to the actual rules that they're written at the moment well, I'll, I'll, I'm not, offense is the wrong word. I'm going to, we have not changed the rules of MMA. Like you said, we know, have, yeah. we're just allowing open score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want people to think that we're changing the unified rules. We're not doing that. But I, I, I agree that maybe if I'm up two rounds, I might not be as offensive, but mm-hmm. as we've seen fighters up by two rounds on two or more cards have won the final round 75% of the time mm-hmm. since we've implemented this. In the fights that we've had before, which we, we I went back and looked at before real-time scoring at LFA, UFC, and Invictus in Kansas, mm-hmm. in the same criteria, the fighter up by two, uh, by two points on at least two cards only won the final round 61% of the time. Okay. So, again, very small sample sizes because we don't get mm-hmm. a lot of those national promotions in here, but that's the only, set, the only statistics I have to go on. So... Are they being offensive? Yes. They're being offensive in a little different way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing more takedowns in the third round by somebody who's up two. Hey, I'm up two rounds. I'm just going to take them down. 
mm-hmm. and I'm going to work on the ground because I know I have a less chance of getting finished and standing up. So again, offensive, less offensive maybe, but maybe offensive in a different way. But effective, I'm not going to stand up with you if I'm up two rounds. Effective, I'm just going to take you down. Is what it says in the criteria, isn't it? Like, do you think uh, when we talk about offense, okay, taking someone down and laying on top of them and landing some strikes is offense, but as the criteria is written, it's effective offense and, and trying to go towards the end of the fight. Like, is that not yeah. fl- like flying in the face of what MMA is and what it's written as? Like, it's you're going to stop someone from trying to end the fight in the third round if they think they're two rounds up or if they know they're two rounds up. Well, I, again, I come back to I think there's different kinds of effective offense. Mm-hmm. You know, a wrestler would, would disagree with you that he is not being effective offensively it's, on the ground. It's not about disagreeing with and me. So, it's, a, it's a disagreeing with the written criteria, though. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I think we can agree that there are different types of offensive. You know, there are different types of effective offense. And if a fighter chooses to, to take a different route, one thing we also have explained early on in this is that with the advent of 10-8 rounds, mm-hmm. if you choose to run, and you only allow two, two and a half minutes of interaction out of five, and you get dominated in those by a fighter trying to finish you, mm-hmm. you can get a, end up with a draw very easily. And our judges are not afraid to give 10 eight, or else they do not judge at this level. Mm-hmm. And so you have, that also has to come into play. You can't just run from the other fighter. Because if you do, you really are, you're really putting a 10-8 into play. And so you can't run. You might fight a little differently in that last round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, granted, but that happens in every sport we see. If you're ahead, you know you're not. Gonna, speaking of American football, you're not gonna you're not gonna pass every time. You're gonna maybe run the ball a little more. If you're in soccer, mm-hmm. if you're up at the end of the game, you're not gonna go out in full attack. You don't have to. The other team has to come to you. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of that that's kind of what this brings into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's like uh, I think I, I know it doesn't change the rules. But I think you might, well, maybe not you might have to change the rules, but I think you might have to change how you look at the rules with, uh, with open scoring. But it, look, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting bit. Is there anything else you kind of want to touch on? And I, I have a couple more questions outside of open scoring for you. But like, I, I think I've, I've touched on most of the points I have. Is there anything, obviously you listened to the podcast with me discussing it and I was, you know, pretty brash about my, my opinions on it. Is there anything else <laughs> no, you kind of want to touch on I, that people might like to I hear? think you... I think you made I think you made great points, and you actually are one of the one of the reasons that pushed me that we need to have this national conversation about judging, mm-hmm. and we need to hear from the people who wrote the rules. Hey, this is what should be happening, and you're right. In a perfect world, we wouldn't need this, but I think we know we don't live in that perfect world. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think a fighter, and let's be honest, fighters and coaches sometimes think they always won the round, no matter what. If, yeah. No matter what their understanding of the criteria are, they think they won the round. They're human. We're all that way. And so, hey, now instead of, hey, you know, it's tied or, hey, you're down two rounds, you actually know if you are. And it just kind of takes that off the table so you know actually know what the score is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Look, it's an interesting. I, I'm still not convinced by it, to be honest. I look, I... I, I <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I, uh... I like That's that. Uh, look, uh, what I I don't know why I've I've kind of taken down this road, but over the last few years I've become very uh, interested in the judging side of it. It's, it because I think people just willfully ignore it. Like I'm sure you're frustrated listening to the UFC commentary and listening to talk about you know he won the round because he had two minutes on top and the other guy might have landed two knockdowns. Exactly. What you, doing, you know, and that that kind of thing. Exactly. Me. So I lo- I loved your tweets the last day explaining why a round was won, why it went that way. And I think more openness like that is very good. I'm not sure about the all open scoring, but we, we, I suppose we can. I, I'd love to have you on again to discuss that. A couple of questions here. I want to ask you, right? I, I've spoken to a lot of judges. Obviously, I'm in Ireland and I've spoken to judges in the UK and around here. Yeah. And how 
you become a judge here and it's, I think it's a very different process to uh, in the States because we don't have you know you're, you're a, a commissioner we don't have any commissioner <laughs> around here no, not, never mind 50 of them or whatever it might be so let's say I, I decide tomorrow and I, it'll be a terrible decision for me to decide that but if I want to become a judge just tomorrow and I want to eventually judge in Invicta or Bellator or the UFC what's the process how do I get there well the first process is reaching out to a commissioner Mm-hmm. As, as such as myself and asking the question you just asked and some people when they hear the answer i never hear back from them what happens 99 percent <laughs> of the time you know they you know although the pay is not high when you start out you have to shadow judge which means come to an event you have to turn in scorecards you know and you have to do that on your uh you have to do that on your own dime you know we, we can barely pay for the judges to be there we certainly can't pay for the shadow judges to be there so you have to travel on your own dime and come to these places and like you said see the crowds hear what it is sit beside a couple judges every night give your scorecard talk to them uh then you have to pass a class and become abc certified which means on your own dime going to you know any number of courses that are given we're give, they were given a lot more before the pandemic we actually had one planned and then this all hit and so when it's this is over we're going to have another one and you know we're going to pay out of the Kansas Department of Commerce to fly you know instructors out and that but that's what we do and so you have to sit through that for which is usually an all weekend event and I have to get a hotel and then you have to start out by working you know at the roller rinks I know that sounds bad we have fights at roller rinks you know we have fights on softball fields and baseball fields <laughs> you know you have to start off at the bottom mm-hmm. and then you work your way up and you know, can it be done? Yes. Can it be done quickly? Absolutely. One of our best judges, he has fought on Bellator before. You know, he, he is a, he's a young judge, but he's very good. And so, you know, in Kansas, and I don't know if that this is the way in all commissions, you know, seniority doesn't mean you get to work a lot. It just means you've been around a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to put the most talented judges in there. If we notice somebody slipping, they all of a sudden will stop getting the TV spots and they'll, we'll, we'll go on to another judge. If we think another judge has some talent, we'll find a way to work them in. And, you know, and that way we have a, a bigger stable. But you have to start off at the bottom, even for everybody says, let's get more fight, former fighters involved. I don't have a line of former fighters willing to do all that. And I'm not going to shove somebody to the front of the line because they're unwilling to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think that's fair to the fighters. I don't think that's mm-hmm. fair to the judges. So is your process after a fight night that you take all the judges and the referees into a room and, and we are maybe not okay maybe uh, outside of COVID times it might be a little bit different now but everyone has to if there's a round that's uh, you know a split decision or something like that that everyone has to explain their decision and they explain it to you and then there's maybe a little bit of a discussion on it or what way does it work I know that's the way it works in, in some commissions and with some with Mark Ratner and with maybe Mark Otter around here and, and yep. things yeah. that is exactly how it happens mm-hmm. and you know, if somebody gives a, a questionable decision, you know, we, we question it, but we're, we're all friendly about it. But it goes in the back of my mind when it comes to future assignments. Mm-hmm. Then maybe this person isn't ready for, maybe they're not ready for the big time yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have some judges who give some explanations that are a little out there, but their scores are right. So it's kind of one of those, hey, they're seeing, maybe they're just having a hard time explaining it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. You know, we open our postmortems to media. You're welcome to listen in. We ask that you stay stay away from maybe direct quotes because, again, these judges aren't media trained. They're not yeah. media savvy. You know, they may say something and not really understand what they're saying. Or if you ask them a question, they may answer it thinking they're answering it one way, but that's not really, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but we're, we're all for the transparency. And we that's how we have gotten better as a commission is that you have to defend your calls. Referee, why did you stand them up in the second round? 
-hmm. What were you seeing there? Hey, did you see the tap? You know, did you not see that even though that person was on bottom, that the, the person who had control wasn't throwing any blows from top and it's just not enough to be in position. And so we've had a couple questionable rounds here on our last two shows where the person who had dominant position did not win the round. Mm -hmm. And we caught a little heat for that on Twitter, but 99% of the people watching said that was absolutely the right call. Mm -hmm. And we get there by having those discussions and helping educate each other. Mm -hmm. One last thing I want to ask, and this is uh, a very... Uh, uh, a very selfish, I suppose, question because I like I have an idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I hate yeah. people having ideas about rules of MMA because we shouldn't have the ideas. Hey, but, it's your hey, it's your show. You can ask whatever you want. <laughs> one one thing I think that people get very frustrated with, and I think it's not just the fans or the fighters. I think it's like the the referees and the commissions as well. It's point taking because I think like for for let's say a fin scrab, if you take a point for a fin scrab uh, or two fin scrabs even, I think it's very harsh because of the ten point must system. And if it's especially if it's only three rounds, it changes the whole fight. It can it can turn almost a dominant win into a draw or into a loss. Do you think there's any way around that? Is there any way change? Like my idea is, I'll throw it at you. I do. If if there's a okay, I'm delighted. But if there's a fin scrab, instead of even taking a point, and instead of saying don't do that again, the, for the first fin scrab, you give the victim of that the choice of where the fight is. So you can put them on, if fighter A uh, grabs the fence, fighter B can either have it in the middle of the cage in, in, in a boxing range or he can have it on the ground in the guard in the middle of the cage. Do you think that's an idea that could fly or, or what are your ideas to kind of to change that or to adjust the, the, the point taking, I, I suppose, frustration that we all have at times? Well, my idea is a lot more drastic and you'll never have me back on your show and I'll be banned from <laughs> MMA for saying it. So I'm going okay. to address yours first and then I'm going to say mine mm -hmm. because I don't have a problem saying crazy things. That's the only way sports move forward. <laughs> I like it. So I, yeah, I like your thing. And my, and I mean, I, you, can, you should listen to Sean Wheelock, who's the head of the MMA Rules Committee, a great friend of mine, and a member of our commission who sits cage side with me at most of these fights. We get in knockdown, drag out fights about taking points. I think that the warning and the stern warning is the dumbest thing in our sport. I'm just going to say it. And that's why I haven't moved to implement instant replay in Kansas or not instant replay. Uh, yeah. An instant replay system, because are we going to stop the fight so I can give you a stern warning for poking someone in the eye? Yeah. That's not worth it to me. That's change for change's sake. That's not affecting fighting. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, that, you know, that's not a bad idea. I have not thought of that. And I'm going to run it by my referees. Maybe in a month we'll be doing it. And we'll give you credit. <laughs> but I think that's, I think it's a good idea. And, you know, I think, you know, what if there was a pass interference, what if there was a pass interference call and the referee's like, you know, it was his first one guys. He didn't mean to do exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to let it stand because mm -hmm. we don't want it to affect the game. So we're not going to give you the ball. Sorry. You know, that was a bad tackle you know, in the box, we're not going to give him a penalty kick. It was his first one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay. No, no other sport does that. And so my random, my brash idea, and please don't repeat this, even though it's going to be on an international <laughs> podcast, uh, is what if we switch to five three-minute rounds instead of three five-minute rounds? Mm. Then taking a, referees would be more likely to take a point mm -hmm. because mathematically True, it's yeah. not as much of a penalty. You know, we see more penalties in boxing than we do in MMA. Why is that? Are boxers cleaner fighters than MMA fighters? I think we all know the answer to that. So they're not. Yeah. They're, and so they're going to push the limits. But boxing refs don't mind taking a point because it's spread out over 10 rounds. Mm -hmm. And so it's not the death sentence that a one-point penalty is in a three-round fight. Now, it's still pretty serious in a five-round fight. But you have time to overcome it. 
hey, I grabbed the fence in the first round. I shouldn't have done it. I got my warning in the back beforehand. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm fighting out of a hole now. I have to make that up. But I know what the score is because of real-time scoring now. I know, I know that I got taken that point. I know that I'm down to, you know, again, I think that is one. I, I would have to do a survey of referees as to why they don't take more points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw a Beltor fight where we had two low blows in the first 30 seconds, and the guy didn't win the fight. How is that possible? Like, you know, I think as referees, they need to start holding these fighters a little more accountable for their action, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And that, hey, you got your warning in the back. Don't poke his eye. If you poke his eye, I'm taking a point the first time. This is your warning. And so that would be my thing of, uh, uh, as opposed to yours of giving them position anywhere they want it. But I don't think yours is a bad idea at all. Yeah, like I think the problem with taking points, as you say, it's too harsh. And if there was five rounds, it would it be is. it would be less harsh. But the problem with that is you're making an almighty change, as you mentioned, for a small enough problem. You are. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, again, if we do that and then the refs don't start taking the points, we haven't really affected anything. Mm-hmm. So while I am all for trying crazy and new things, I'm only going to do it if it affects it. Cause I have an instant replay mm-hmm. policy that I think would work great. But if referees aren't going to utilize it and are going to stop just to give you a harsh warning for breaking a rule, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not going to affect anything. What? So we're not going to do that. Oh, but I do, is, uh... I'm going to, I'm going to talk with some people about your idea. I do like it. I like that. So what is your, I, I lied. I said it was my last question. I have to ask you about instant replay. Cause you mentioned <laughs> it. I hate instant replay yeah. with a passion. Well, what's your idea for instant replay? Yeah. that will make it good. Uh, my the best bad idea I have right now about instant replay is <clears throat> what if we, you know, you have two ref, all these shows like tomorrow. Take Friday night at LFA for instance. We have two referees that have ref the UFC. They ref and victim LFA all the time. They're very similar in their skill set. What if the referee in the cage had an earpiece and the referee out of the cage was sitting in the truck or sitting at a dedicated TV and he saw something on the screen that was a potential foul or was a foul. Or, hey, we saw that fence grab that you missed in the cage. He could radio in to the earpiece so no one else could hear it. We had a fence grab 20 seconds ago. You can stop the fight if you want to and reset them. Therefore, then the referee in the cage is the sole arbiter of stopping the fight. Because, you know, think back to your, your love of soccer. Think of the advantage rule. Maybe the fight has flipped at that point and we don't need to stop it. Mm-hmm. Because the fighter that was the aggrieved party has not flipped the script and we don't yeah. need to stop it. Mm-hmm. but he could, the referee could, if he wanted to, could go back and stop the fight and give a point or take that warning mm-hmm. or whatever. So we could then at least get all the fouls into the referee's mind without stopping the fight every time there was a foul. Because I think if we try to implement instant replay and we end up stopping the fight every five seconds, people don't want that. 100%. This is supposed to be continual combat. Mm-hmm. And so how can we make it continual combat while letting the in-cage referee still be the sole arbiter? And so that would be my recommendation. And then using the instant replay rules as written for end end of fight sequences, which I hope you like that. I know you don't like it. Yeah, hopefully you like using it in the fight ending sequences. So we make sure nothing crazy happened at the end of the fight and we get the result right. Yeah, I, I don't mind the fight ending sequences as long as the fight isn't stopped for five minutes and then restarted again. Because even if the fight is stopped oh, for never. 30 seconds and never. restarted again, it has a, a huge effect on the fight. It but, does. Uh, yeah, whether it might be positive. Okay, it, it could be positive, but it, it's going to be negative as well. But I like I like your idea, to be honest. I think that's a good idea. I, like, I think my personal with all sports I think we sometimes we get away from what we're looking at we're looking at you know a man versus a man or a woman versus a woman having a fight or we're looking at 11 guys on a field playing with a ball against each other 
we have to remember it is sport at the end of the day as well, and we 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 it have is. to view it that. So we can't. You know, we can't get away from that as well, I think. We have to keep that in mind at all times. Okay, you want all the right decisions and everything. There's going to be human error in sport, even with the technology as we've seen in all sports, especially soccer. But I, like, I, I, I yeah. like people kind of thinking about it, and I like, uh, I like the ideas coming out anyway, I suppose. Yeah, and I think we just need to make it as, as effective fight as much as possible, but be it the least amount of, be as less invasive as we can. Mm-hmm. Make it so no one can see it but let's make sure we're getting the calls right. Mm -hmm. So maybe we missed a fence grab. Maybe we did miss a poke in the eye, Daniel Cormier, poke in the eye. You know, maybe he should have got a little longer to recover from that. Mm -hmm. And if we can radio that into an in-cage referee, it's very seamless. Nobody even knows it's happening. We're not having lights up there flashing for people. Mm -hmm. We don't need that in this sport. I don't think that's not what this sport is about. But if we could radio in very under the radar, hey, you know, there was a poke in the eye. If you want to stop it, you can give him some time to recover. Or, hey, that really was a low blow. You know, if you have a chance, you can go back. Mm-hmm. So that would, that would be my idea. But, again, all, all, in, all in the beta mode right now. So. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, Adam, I, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, if people want to go over and follow the, the Twitter account, it's at Kansas Boxing. I think you need to change that to Kansas Combat or something like that. <laughs> can't, can't yeah, I probably should get around. <laughs> I, hey, I did that my first day on the job six years ago. I didn't oh, really? know what I was doing. Cut me some slack. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll leave you off with that. Uh, is there anywhere else you want people to go to, to kind of to, to check things out, a website or anything like that? You have the, you have the floor now. Uh, no, just... Keep following us on Twitter at Kansas Boxing. You know, I try to get around to answering as many of the questions as I can. I think I'm pretty active for a boxing com- or for an athletic commissioner on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll answer the questions. We'll we'll let you know what we're thinking. You may not always agree, but you know, like I said, I'm always I'm always here for the discussion. So I love it. Really appreciate the time, Adam. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you all next time.